Father, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Lord, your word says, the unfolding of your word brings life. And this morning, Father, even as we are here in the house of the Lord, Father, the fifth month, your word says, law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Therefore, this morning, I pray, Lord, even as we receive the truth, I pray, Father, that you would pour out your grace upon us. Father, that we will understand the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father. The spirit behind every word. Because your word says the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. And the words that you speak Not I. The words that you speak are spirit and our life. Therefore, I pray, Lord, you would animate me. And Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us in your own way, O Lord. For you know our hearts. We do not know even our own self. But I pray, Father, that Lord, that you would meet us as we heard the morning, in this morning. Even all of us actually at a point of our need. To that end, I pray that you would bless and anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word and through everything that we do, let Christ Jesus have the preeminence in all things. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, so you're here. been studying about the cross. We sang about the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to to us who are being saved, the word of God says it is a power of God. The power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, but to the Jews it's a stumbling, stumbling block. But to the Greeks it is foolishness. But unto us who are being saved, Christ, the power of God, And the wisdom of God. Don't worry about uh, people who are successful in this world. Even in your class, if you think that you're not very smart, intelligent, very sharp, and the others are much ahead of you, commit commit your ways to the Lord. Be a Daniel in your generation and you'll see how the Lord will honor those who honor him. He will never put you to shame. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. Because I just wanted to tell that to all those who are writing their exams. Huh? So, honor God and God will honor you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 onwards. For what I received, I passed unto you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried and Christ rose from the dead. And to every believer, there's one reality. Truly, the person who's been born of God, born again of the Spirit, who's experienced new birth, the reality is that we also have died with Christ. That we also were buried with Him. That we also have been raised from the dead, even as He rose from the dead. And we are also seated 
together with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is the reality of every believer positionally. But that is what even the scripture says. Look at what it says in Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. Come, the Bible says, let us return. Let us, look at the plural over here, plural form, the plural pronoun. Unto the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. You see that again? He will bind us up. That's the reason why the Bible says in Luke's Gospel chapter 4, when Jesus comes from uh, being tested from the wilderness, it says, the first time he enters into the synagogue, it says, the Spirit of the Lord was, is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. You see that? He will bind us up. right? After two days, he will revive us along with Jesus. On the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. So this is essentially the truth of a believer who is in Christ. For every man who is in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away. Everything, behold, everything is new. So if you read through the scriptures, the Bible is the the gospel repeated in n number of forms, in different, different formats. One quintessential message of the word of God is Christ died for us, Christ was buried, and Christ rose from the dead. And that is our reality. And if you want to reign with Jesus, that should be our reality. And that is essentially the way of the cross. Therefore, this morning we will look at one passage from the Old Testament which essentially typifies the cross, typifies so beautifully. Even though it is in narrative form, it is one of the most Incredible chapters, we've visited it so many times, but again, let us visit it one more, one more time and draw out lessons as to what it means to live a life which is crucified with Christ. Genesis chapter 22, very famous, all of us knows this, know this. Uh, when God calls Abraham, he says, take now your son, Genesis chapter 4, 22 and verse 2, your only son, I, I like that, um, the word son is in italics. Take now your son, your only Isaac. Son is not there actually in the original. The translators have added it. Whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering. And you know what what a burnt offering is, right? Chop him into pieces and offer him on the altar. Completely burnt. Not even a single element of Isaac should be left by the time this is over. It was remarkable. And you know what... um, Abraham does, of course, but this is essentially typifies the cross. Moriah is is the place where um, where um, David buys that that piece of land from the threshing floor at Aruna, the Jebusite, and that becomes the place where the temple will ultimately be built, the place of sacrifice, Moriah, where God manifests Himself. The word Moriah means where Yahweh manifests Himself. Right, this is what the, the entire episode of, uh, of, of Abraham taking Isaac onto the altar is, is essentially the journey of Jesus on, onto the cross, onto Calvary. So, Romans chapter 8 verse 32 will, uh, 22, 32 will say, He who did not spare, that's how he did, he completely offered Jesus on the cross. When he was there on the cross, he was, com- after, he was there when he, when he was, uh, crucified on the cross, he was completely alive. By the time he was taken down from the cross, he was completely dead. Totally. Completely offered him on the cross. And he says, he who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. How will he 
with him, not freely give us all things. Again, that's what, what happens. This is typifying what Abraham did to his son. He was enacting the drama of Calvary all over again. Genesis chapter 22. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. You see, it was this, this was in the, in the, in the plan of God. That's the reason why we, if you were listening to our weekly's teachings, we heard one thing that about Jesus. He was the Lamb of God who was slain even before the foundation of the world was laid. It was in the eternal counsel of God that God decided with his son that he's going to create man and man would fall, he would rebel. And the way that he's going to re, uh, that he's going to redeem him back to himself is through the cross. Therefore, in the mind of God, Jesus was slain even before the foundation of the world were laid. A place that was afar off, third day, third day typifies resurrection. Genesis chapter 22, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. This is essentially uh, the, 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 uh, a picture of Gethsemane. He tells his disciples, stay here. And then he takes Peter, James and John and he says, you stay here and pray for me. I will go yonder and I will worship and come back. Gethsemane. See. It's there. In Genesis chapter 22. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife and the two of them went together. Both the father and the son were completely united in the work of the cross. That is the reason why it says in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God through Christ was reconciling the world back to himself. And therefore he's entrusted into our hands this ministry of reconciliation. Okay. Together they went. They were completely in unison. Together. He took the wood. And then, of course, uh, he laid it on his son. So the son takes the wood as well. He carries the cross. And finally, the same wood upon which, he's, he, which, he, which carries him, that same wood is used to build the altar. And now he's bound to the altar. But what happens? Remember, Abraham is stopped. And God says, and now I know that you fear him. But then, what are you going to offer? Look at what it says. Remember what Abraham says when Isaac asks him, Father, the fire is here, the wood is here. Where is the? Uh, what? Where is the what? No, 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 no. That's what you are, you are reading ahead in the text. <laughs> that is what we call a correction. Where is the? No, 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 no. Where is the? Lamb. Thank you. The lamb for the burnt offering. Lamb, 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 lamb. Okay. So, and Abraham prophetically says, God himself will provide for himself, his, my son. And then they go. And of course, God stops him. And this is beautiful. Now he has to offer a sacrifice. But what does he find? He doesn't find a lamb. What does he find? He finds a ram. Look at this. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram in a thicket by its horns. Horns signify the strength. Ram is a princeful, princely animal. That is the reason why the old hymn writer says, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the, excuse me, the prince of glory died. The prince, the thick, the, 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 the princely animal and horns uh, de- depict the strength of the animal and what did God, Jesus do? He said, I by myself lay down my life 
voluntarily haunts. So Abraham went, I like, I love this, and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering. What? What is it? What is that? Instead, in the stead of his son, and it's interesting, you know, the, the word instead means two things, at least two things. There's so many uh, wo- meanings for the word instead. It means in the place of his son, and there's also another meaning, which also means under his son. It's interesting, right? Lamb in the place of his son, and also under his son, and you need to understand, where do you get this thought? You see, I'm telling you something. When when Paul is writing his epistles, he's saturated with the Old Testament. He's thinking Old Testament. And look at what it says in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It says, I am what? Crucified with Christ. I'm also under. In the same altar where Jesus was crucified. See, In the place, he took my place for my sin. He took it on the cross for my sin. It was a substitutionary sacrifice that was offered on my behalf. But you know what? I also identify. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So what is living by faith, my dear brothers and sisters? What is living by faith? Living by faith is a life where you have completely died and you're allowing God, Christ, in increasing incremental measures to live his life through you. That is resurrection. So, remarkable. So, the cross is there everywhere. In this place of Isaac and underneath Isaac, what happened? We also were crucified with Jesus. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 6, knowing this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified on the cross with him. That we should no longer serve this body of sin. Amen. Genesis chapter 22, let's move on. What is this entire episode about? Now it came to pass, verse 1, that after these things, who tested Abraham? God tested Abraham. you, You need to understand, the very first time the word test is mentioned in the entire Bible is here. It's remarkable. With the cross comes a test. (laughs) I was teaching the children a song. If you want to bear the crown, then you should bear the cross. (laughs) The crown does not come without the cross. If you will wear the crown, then bear the cross, you must. The word say. So what happens? God Tested. The very first time the word test is mentioned. And what is a test about? It's a test about who, yesterday like pastor was talking about, no? Where? Diamond point. Diamond crossing? How many of you remember diamond crossing? Okay, you remember diamond crossing, right? Diamond crossing where your, your will and God's will cross. What is a test? Are you going to live? Or is Christ going to live? Through you. That's a test. And what does Abraham say? God tested Abraham and Abraham said, what am I? Here I am. You know what? This man was a prepared man. He was ready for the test. Many of you are writing your exams now. Yeah. The other day I was in GSS. I was going to my office and uh, Jyoti was asking some of the students, why are you guys so cool? 
He said, English exam. No, no big deal. <laughs> I said, what kya baat hai? 70% students in English, no? Huh? I said, wow. They're ready for the exam. And what is, in other words, he said, even now if you give me the exam, I'll write it. Mm-hmm. Here am I. That's what they were saying. Okay. You know what did Abraham say? Here I am. You know, the very first time, the word here I am, Abraham uses the word here I am. The word in Hebrew is cheneni. Cheneni, here I am. Available to you. The very first time. You know how many years it took? At least, I mean, 75 to 19. 25 years of God working in his man to make him ready for the test, knowing that he's going to pass the exam. It's not an easy day, easy thing. 25 years at least, minimally. You do not know how many uh, years before when God called him when he was in the Ur of the Chaldeans and he went until Haran and he stayed there. We don't know when was the call, but quite some time, at least 25 years. 25 years it took for God to work into Abraham's life where he completely says, you know what? Here I am. You know, another guy, Jacob, 20 years Genesis chapter 31 verse 11. And the angel of the Lord spake unto me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, hmm, here I am. You know what? That doesn't mean that he was not having any experiences with God. He had experiences with God. He was going to church. He was also promising God that he will give his tithes. Okay. 20 years of his life with two wives, two concubines, 11 children and one on the way. Where he will come and say, here I am. 20 years. Exodus chapter 3. Moses. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to, to see, God called him, called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, what? Here I am. How many years? 40 years. Until he was ready for the test of God. 40 years. Okay. Pastor was praying about Mothers. You know what? There was a mother who invested in the chi- in the life of her child right from the time he was a he was a baby. You know when God visits him? I think he's about many Bible teachers will say between eight to thirteen years. That's the time when God came and spoke to Samuel directly. And what is his response? Yeah, and. Ere the lamp of the God, uh, lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. I like that. Samuel was laid down to sleep, meaning what? He wouldn't sleep. Like you know, our children, right? When during summer exams, at least summer holidays, especially, they keep on speaking, speaking, and what should, what should we say? Sleep, sleep, sleep. And this guy would not sleep. Would not sleep. He had to be <laughs> laid down to sleep. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, what? Here am I. What? What was his age, my dear brothers? Eight, thirteen? Somebody is going to enter into teens. I don't want to mention the name of that person today. <laughs> thirteen years. He heard the voice of God directly. And he says, you know what? Here I am. Another person. Isaiah chapter 6. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? This is a, 
There's a revelation of the Trinity, the council between the, the Godhead, if you will. The council between the Godhead. God the Father discussing God, with God the Holy Spirit and God the, God the Son. And three of, three of them having a conference. And who's private to it? Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Then I said, here am I. Send me. So God prepared a man. This morning, let us test our, ourselves and say, how much is my surrender? And we will show you. The, 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 the surrender is directly proportional to the level of tests that, can go, that God can allow in your life. You know what? During our days when we were uh, writing GRE exams, we used to have paper-based tests. My batch, okay? My junior batch, I'm sorry, my senior batch had uh, paper-based exams, okay? So we have to go to the center and write the exams. All of them used to get a single paper or maybe two or three papers, different papers. After that came what we call a SCAT exam, C-A-T. You know what C-A-T is? No, it's not, uh, it's not computer, it's a computer adaptive test. Computer adaptive. Now that's a very interesting test. You know what it is? Your, your score is not directly proportional to the number of questions that you answer. No. Your score is directly proportional to the number of tough questions you answer. Okay, so what happens? So you go to the exam. The first question will be a medium level, medium level question, medium level test. I mean, so it, generally it is showing, it is seeing whether you have fundamental knowledge. So the first question will be a simple question. Not simple, slightly difficult, but not very difficult. It's a solvable question. So if you get the right answer, the next question, is it going to be easier or, the, or tougher? It's going to be tougher. More tough. And if you answer it properly, the next question will be tougher. Now, what, you know what happens? If you answer the first five questions from the tough to the more tough levels, you know what happens? Your score is already set. So even if you do mistakes in the latter, latter uh, questions, you still get a perfect score. Then, but... Let us say you answer the first question wrong. You know, immediately the computer will give you a less tougher question and you will say, boy, I messed up, I goofed up. Computer adaptive. <laughs> so God also has got <laughs> cat exams. No, that is not a cat exam. Compute, adaptive exam. So he's going to test us. So we'll see whether we will pass the test. So look at, look at what it says in Genesis chapter 22. I'm just uh, reading one verse and then we will just look at that one verse today. Now it came to pass after these things, that God tested Abraham. Remarkable. In Genesis chapter 24, it says, God blessed Abraham in all things. And before God could test, bless Abraham in all things, there was one final test that he was prepared for. It was a series of tests which prepared him for the final exam. God tested Abraham. So title of today's teaching. Will you pass the test? Will you pass the test? And I'm looking at seven tests that God will make all of us go through. Seven tests. Romans chapter 5. What is the test about? It's a test about character. How much of the life of Christ is is manifest in us. Because if you're crucified with Christ, who's going to live through you? Christ. That is the reason why it says in first, second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5, what, what does he say? He says, test yourself whether you are in the faith, whether who's in you? 
Christ is in. Else what has happened to you? You have failed the test. We'll come to that later on. So seven tests. But before we go to the seven tests, what's the whole purpose? Romans chapter 5, verse 3 onwards in the NASB. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations. No, that is interesting. Celebrate. Nobody celebrates tests. We want tests to get over. But here, it's good because to show us. Because God never embarrasses us. God only tests us to promote us. He is not like our professors. I'm going to test you. I'm going to make sure that everybody will fail. No. He wants everybody to pass. No, I, I know uh, professors, including me sometimes, no? If I had an interesting batch, I would tell them, I'm going to personally take your viva. That's it, over. Okay, personally. <laughs> and I remember when he went, <laughs> when he goes to, when I went to the lab exam. <laughs> you see, you know what happens, the most difficult exam is not the theory exam. You know what, which exam it is? It is the lab exam, when you come to engineering. Especially when you come to colleges like ours. Okay. The moment I went to the exam and I went to this test, you should see that fellow shivering like this, no? That is me, you know? I said, because I said, I'm going to personally take your viva. But God is not like that. He wants to promote us. Honestly. And he will, he's there for us. Ultimately, even to the most reprobate church, he says, you know what? If you overcome, what am I going to do? I will give you the authority, the right to sit on my throne, just as I I overcame and sat on my father's throne. And you can. To the last day's church, he says that. So what does he say? We celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance, what? Proven character. And what does proven character do? Produces hope. And who is our hope? Who is Christ in me? The hope of our glory. That's the whole idea of a test. Okay. So the f- let us look at seven tests. Okay. So just keep this in mind. The first test. Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses led Israel, Israel from the Red Sea. This is after they had a f- tremendous experience. Tremendous experience. The Red Sea parted. Okay. And the entire Egyptian army was submerged. Okay. And then he says, the enemies that, you per- that pursued you will not pursue you any longer. The first is, and what happens? They just burst into song. Okay. Miriam also takes a tambourine and starts dancing. And after that, the test. Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. The word for Shur is wall. Wall, wall. What is the wall signifying? Whether you'll pass the test. Okay. Remember Joseph? He'll be a fruitful bough and his fruit will go over the wall. <laughs> sure means a wall. Through our God we shall do valiantly and we will, through my God, we will jump and leap over a wall. So God allowed this test. A wall. Some kind of a block in your life maybe. I don't know what whatever the block is. Block in your finances, I don't know. Block in your relationships. Block in your anointing. Block in your ministry. Block in your, what have you. In, 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 the, in the study of your word. Block in your prayer life. Block in your relationships. Block in your fellowship. Whatever it is, God has allowed that block for a purpose. A wall in your life for a purpose. So what is he expecting from you? It's a how many day journey? 
three days. And what does three days signify? It signifies the power of resurrection. And if you have the power of resurrection, what should happen to you? You should be able to leap over the wall. When they came, for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mara, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place was called what? Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? And let me paraphrase this. How could you do this to me? How many of you said that? How could you do this to me? To whom? Moses? Indirectly? God. How could you do this to me? Why was I birthed in this family? Why am I not like the others? Why was I not born in USA? Why India? Honestly, you know, I was, uh, I visited another Christian school the other day and uh, she was telling, you parents in India? She was, she's an American. She was, uh, she's married to an Indian pastor. You parents in India want holiday homework also. In US they enjoy. They go about and they go and do a lot of summer jobs. But here in India, what is this? Chadu, chadu, chadu. Study, study, study. I used to have a Malayali, uh, owner when I was growing up, no? Padikki, 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 mole. This is a one word. Padikki, 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 mole. <laughs> Why? Why this wall? Why this lack of opportunity? How could you do this to me, God? It's a test. What is this test? Let me just read it a little more further. The more and the then the Lord cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a place, a piece of wood, the picture of a cross. He threw it into the water, and the water became Fit to drink. In other words, bitter waters became sweet. There the Lord issued a ruling, a statute and an ordinance, it says in the, in the KJV, a ruling and an instruction for them and put them to the test. And what is this test? What is this test, my dear brothers? What is, what are they, what were they doing? Mara means what? Rebellion. How could you do this to us? The Bible says, that our old man died with him. And who is our old man? Adam. It's not the flesh. Hmm. So the flesh is in Adam. Okay. Who is that Adam? Adam is that old man, the rebel. The man who is disobedient. The man who cannot be, uh, what do you say, reformed. He has to be put to death. In Adam, all die. And what is the other name for Esau? Edom, which means... From Adam. From Adam. So the first question is, the first question, the first test is, test number one, is it Adam or is it Christ? Because we were all sons of disobedience first. Now what happens? In Adam we were all disobedient. What has happened when Jesus came for us, died for us, and when we become come into Christ, what should we become? We should become what? Sons of obedience. 
Sons of resurrection and sons of obedience. Look at this incredible picture of a man who is completely, what do you say? Uh, cannot be reformed. Uh, uh, incorrigible son. A rebel, the quintessential rebel. What am I supposed to do with a quintessential rebel? This is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 21 about the rebel. If a man have a stubborn and a rebellious, and the word for stubborn rebellious is Mara again. Mara, a man who's a Mara, who's rebellious. Which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother. You see that? Disobedient. And that when they have chastened who? The stubborn and rebellious son. You know what happens, right? If you chasten Adam, will he become mild or more rebellious? You know, actually, more rebellious in a very subtle way. Let me tell you something, no? When you are a baby, your tantrum is very, ah, I want. That is your tantrum. When you grow up, it becomes very subtle. You are not changed. You only, the manifestation of that, those tantrums <laughs> changes in different, different ways. Okay. So what should you do? When they have chastened them, what will he do? He will not hearken to them. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold of him and bring him out into the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, this our son is rebellious and stubborn. He will not obey our voice. What is he? He is a glutton and a drunkard. No, drunkenness we all are drunkard. How many of our, how many of us actually say anything against gluttony? Gluttony is very, very nicely camouflaged. He is a connoisseur of food. Glutton is excused. Okay, but look at what he says. He is a glutton and a drunkard. What should he do to this guy? And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put away evil from among you and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now think about it, no? How many of you think that Israel never had these kinds of sons? Did they have? In the history of Israel, do you see one incident where Parents have taken hold of a son and taken him to the elders of the city, took him out and stoned him to death. Do you see that? No. Even Absalom, you know what David says when he's dead? Oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son, Absalom, would to God that I would die in your place. That's what he says. You know, I'll tell you something, no? The Bible is so beautiful actually. When you look at, read these verses, think about it now. How many of us were rebellious and stubborn in our homes? Raise your hands, unashamedly. According to the law, what did we deserve? Esther, what do you think? Huh? <laughs> According to the law, what did we deserve? You should take him out. We were worthy of what we call as capital offense. Thank God the book of Deuteronomy does not end with Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 20. There is a 21, 21 also. Thank God. Look at the 21, 21. This is the beauty part. You should just kiss the book of Deuteronomy. Okay. 
And you should kiss every book of the Bible, by the way. Look at what it says. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death. What was it referring to just now? A stubborn and a rebellious son. What are you supposed to do, do with him? He's a man who's supposed to be capitally punished. You should be cut off from Israel. You should stone him to death. You know what you should do? After killing him, what should you do? Thou shalt hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of the Lord. Now tell me, is this not the cross, my dear brothers? You know what happened on the cross? Christ has redeemed, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is a man who hangs on a tree. The old rebel Adam was put away in the cross. And you know what? God is testing us. He allows situations into our lives. And you'll see. Is it Adam? Or is it Christ? Is it the old rebel? Or is it the new submissive believer? Is the old Adam who does whatever he pleases and when he is confronted will use the choicest of language against his mother and his father? You know what it says in First Peter chapter 2? Who when he was reviled did not revile in return? When he suffered He did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Our rebellion on the tree. Our rebellion on the tree. You know what happens after that? When you see the cross, like pastor was saying yesterday, this old rebellious son of the pastor will not obey him. And what did the pastor say? I'm commanding you now. I belted you many times. But now do one thing. With intensity, belt me. After that, the son is no longer a rebel anymore. Adam or Christ is the first test. So every time God puts you through a test, Adam will always fail. He will never be able to pass over the wall. But Christ, you know what it says in the Bible? Through Christ we are not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors. More. The test is always about Adam or Christ. Submission or rebellion. The power of the Holy Spirit or the power of witchcraft. You choose. You know why? Bible says, a rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Adam or Christ. Test number two. Do we walk with him? Exodus chapter 16. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Why? When we sat at the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Boy, you see, 
honestly, one of the things that many times we think is, Lord, my old life was much better. Old life, no. The good old days, but no. You forgot something. You were slaves. Don't want to get too much into that, but I just want to draw out a principle. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law. You see, this test, the second test is a test of walk with God. Agreeing with God. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? What is agreeing with God means? Agreeing with his word. Where, where, where his word is the supreme in our life. His word is our authority. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 17, for God be thanked, even though you were slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of teaching to which you were delivered to. In other words, what? You came under the authority of the teaching which will set you free from sin. So where they will walk, it's a a test of walk. But the problem is, walking with God is not easy. Because he says, of all the families, I knew only you. And therefore, what am I going to do? And the word punish is very different. I will visit you for your iniquities. For your iniquities and your inconsistencies, I'm going to visit you because I'm a perfect God. You shall be, what? Perfect as I am perfect. You shall be holy as I'm holy. So Bible says not the walk with the Lord is, 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 it's not a, it's not a, it's not a walk of condemnation. No. It's like walking with a coach. And every time you listen to the coach and you do what he says, there are going to be wonders in your life. Whether they will walk with me or not. So let us understand what it is. This is John's Gospel chapter 6. Now you know this food is manna. Manna stands for the word of God. What am I supposed to do with the word of God? I'm, I'm supposed to agree with the word, not negotiate with it. Okay. Genesis chapter 6. Then Jesus said to them, <clears throat> Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the word. So what did he give? The words which I speak are what? Are spirit and they are life. What happens? Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread. So what am I supposed to do? Gather me. Gather the word. Hmm. He comes, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes me shall never thirst. But what happens? The word gets really tough, unless you eat my bread, uh, eat my body, and you drink my blood, you will not be my disciples, or you cannot have any part in me. When Jesus knew in himself, verse 61, that his disciples complained about this, and said to them, does this? What? Offend you? From that time, verse 66, many of his disciples went back and what? Did not walk with him. Right? Because the word comes. And if you are Christ, you will be submissive. You will receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Or if you are Adam, you will rebel. 
the word of God is like what? Like a mirror. You know, <laughs> if you're in Hyderabad, no? Um, you kind of listen to a lot of Urdu shairis. Okay. Urdu shairis, no? There was one very famous Urdu poet called Mirza Ghalib. How many of you know him? Mirza Ghalib? Ghalib? No? Mirza Ghalib. One of the very famous Urdu poet. And then he says, this is one of a very interesting uh, poem or rather uh, anecdote, okay? He says, he says, Umr bar ghalib, Umr bar ghalib ek ki galati dhorata gaya. You should say, wow, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> Umr bar ghalib ek ki galati dhorata gaya. Dhul chehre pe tha. Dhul chehre pe tha, par aina saaf karta gaya. Wah, wah, wah. Once again, once again, no? Once again, once again, once again. You should get the point. You should get this, the meaning of this. Oh my friend. Galib means my friend. Oh my friend. And what was the dust? It was on my face. You know, see, you, when you look at the tabernacle, the tabernacle has several parts, three parts especially, the outer courts, the holy place, and the most holy place. In the outer courts, there were two bronze elements. First was the altar. The second was the bronze laver. And then you had the beaten gold of, you know, the, the shoe bread, etc. When you go into the holy place, and then you had the most holy place where you received direct revelation from God. But two pieces of furniture in the outer courts where the altar, where you come and surrender yourself, not surrender first, you offer for your sin and offering to God where the, your sin is judged, and then you offer yourself on the altar, and then you go to the labor. And what is the labor made of? It's made of a bronze labor. What is it made of? It is made of the bronze mirrors where the sisters have come to the tabernacle. So Moses looks at all the sisters and he says, please give us your bronze mirrors. I will give you the exact work for this mirror. Okay, not to see your face, but to wash yourself. So he takes all the bronze mirrors and he makes the bronze labor and then he puts water and what are you supposed to see? You have to see yourself and you have to wash yourself even as you go out and before, and also when you come back from serving God in the holy place. Otherwise, what will happen to you? You will Die. The mirror of the word of God. The problem is, you know what, many times, you know what, we try to negotiate, we try to clean up the mirror. That's exactly what I think Jehoiakim, 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 not Jehoiakim, that, 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 during Jeremiah's time, remember? Jeremiah's time, when Jeremiah sends the, the, the prophecy through Baruch, you know what he does? I don't like this. And you know what he does? He cuts it and then he puts it into the fire. Puts it into the fire. So you know the Bible says, don't change the mirror. Change yourself. That is the reason why it says in Deuteronomy, so many times, do not add, do not subtract. Do not add to my law, do not subtract from my law, do not change the mirror. Sorry. My dear brothers and sisters, this is heavy. Do not change the mirror. Change yourself. Otherwise, offense. People get offended. 
Offense, offense, offense. See, you will love your teachers who are tough. Not the teachers who are saying, oh, it is okay, Ray. No problem. We are friends. We are friends. We are friends. We are friends. They also sing along with you. Friends to the bitter end. Their end is bitter. Cutting. That is the reason why in, in Revelation he says, if any man adds to these words or takes away from these words, you know what? The curses and the diseases that have been promised will come upon him. Don't change. Don't add. But change yourself. James chapter 1. But be doers of the word and do not be hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. And what does he do? <sighs> Nothing happened. Forgets immediately. The dust is on the mirror and not on me. Oh my dear brothers. I think Andrew Jackson was the one who cut his Bible. Who is that one? Jefferson. 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 Jefferson was the one. That ultimately we, gave, we got the Jefferson version of the Bible. Where he cut off so many parts which he didn't like. I'm telling you so many people in this world are changing the word of God. At least according to me. You might want to disagree for whatever reason. The authentic Bible is the authorized King James version and not even the ESV and NIV. Okay, if you think that you are better than those inspired people who close the canon and you want to change it, it's up to you. Okay, you don't have to. Believe me. So many parts have been cut off, you know that? Oh, it was not there in the ancient text and we have to be true to the critics. Textual criticism. Who gave you the right to do textual criticism? You are better than the forefathers? Parts of the Bible have been removed. Oh, Saul, Saul, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. Removed. Cut it off. We don't like it. This kind does not come except fasting removed. <laughs> we don't like it. Especially Telugu. No, no way. In Telugu Bible, you will not find fasting there. Because we are people who feast love life nicely. Okay. Telugu Bible you not find. Fasting or oh, fasting. No, fasting, no. Don't become legalist. My dear brothers, the intensity is gone. You know what you are doing? You are cutting. You don't have the right to do that. You should be careful. You should tremble. Oh, we have all these people who are criticizing the Bible and saying, Forget about the critics. You preach Christ and Him crucified. You know what is going to happen to you? The power of God is going to be released. The problem is you don't have the power. That's the point. That's the problem. You know what Paul says? I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. That will show you exactly what you are. The whole counsel of God. Nothing less. Nothing more. But he who looks... What is it called? Into the perfect law of liberty. You know what the word for perfect is? The perfect means also complete, not your edited Bible, my dear brothers. So it's a test whether you will walk with him. Will you agree with him? And therefore will you have fellowship with him?
So what did they do? Then the children of Israel did so. And the, and so gathered some more, some less. Okay. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over. And he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's. Now think about it. What does it mean? The person who had much, he gathered much. What did he have? He had much need. The person who had gathered little here. Now tell me, what is your, do you have less need for the word of God or more need for the word of God? Some people, uh, Psalm 23, what is that, Psalm 1, Psalm 91, Psalm 127, Psalm 37, Tata, thank you very much. And for their entire life, they are only reading the book of Psalms. Why? I appreciate poetry. No. No. How much do you gather? People who gather little, They have less need. If you are hungry, only then you will be fed. If you are thirsty, only then you can satisfy. That is the reason that the person who says, you know what? Too much of honey he has, he says. What? What does it mean? He has no hunger for the word of God. Your omer is very small. Now think about it, no? If you have to look at yourself and say, do you ha- do I read the word and gather as much? In other words, if I spend sufficient time, then I know I'm satisfied. And then when I get up today, I did, I'm satisfied. You know what? I had a nice breakfast. No, we all, we all like breakfast, right? It should be a lot. What is that? Um, pancakes with, with uh, maple syrup and with, uh, with ruffles. They should have a nice sumptuous breakfast. Then you have coffee and then, oh, now, satisfied. That is how they get up. How do you do with your, with your Bible study in the morning? Study of the word. Step alone, gathering and gathering. Do you have a need? Paul makes a distinction. Look at what he says in Hebrews chapter 5. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You don't have the capacity to take strong meat. Your need is very small. Honestly, if you have not spending more time listening to the word and spraying, you know what? Your need is very little. For everyone who partakes, partakes only of milk. His need is very small. How much will milk satisfy? Hmm. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Their omer is big. And the Bible says, people who gathered much, they were satisfied. People who gathered little. But the indictment is, on the, is not on the omer. <laughs> it's upon you, the person who has a need. Understand that. Another principle over here. Another principle. Exodus chapter 16. And it was so on the sixth day that they gathered how much? How much? How much? How much? much? Twice. Twice, twice, twice. 
Verse 23. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today. Boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. You know what it means? Six days, 6,000 years of man is over. Seventh day is coming. 6,000 years over. Seventh day is coming. Seventh day is the day of Sabbath. Seventh year, the year of Sabbath, the year of rest where you rest from your labors and you enter into, cut away from the presence of sin into the presence of the Lord. You're entering into the rest. What should you do? How much should you gather? Twice as much. So the, the day of the Lord is coming, right? So what should you do? Gather less or gather more? Mm-hmm. It's a test. That is the reason my pastor increased the number of, uh, not just the meetings, the devotions. Morning and evening. Why? <laughs> you have to gather twice. Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider one another in order to stir up our love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another daily so much the more as you see the what? The day approaching. First is, therefore, the test, whether it is Adam or Christ. Second is, the test of the word, whether you will agree with him or not. And the more you agree with him, the more you will fall in love with him. The more you want to enjoy the word. The more you enjoy the word, the more you will be satisfied. The more you are satisfied, the more you will be hungry. You see? The more you will want to have more. That is the reason the Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. Two tests. Test number three. How much do you fear him? Look at what it says in Exodus chapter 20. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning, the flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will hear. But let not the Lord speak to us. My goodness, they're afraid of the Lord. Lest we die. No, 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 no. And, the, and Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you. And that his fear may be before your faces. You know, one of the most precious, precious, precious attribute that we have to seek after with all of our heart because that's the very spirit of Christ. If you're Christ, the Bible says Christ delighted in what? In the fear of the Lord. If you are not in Adam and you are in Christ, one of the attributes that you have to really practice and increase in is in the fear of the Lord, in the awe of God, in reverence for God, in in submission to his word. Fear of God is one of the most blessed characteristics in the Bible. You should love it. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27. The fear of the Lord, what does it do? Prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be. Let me tell you what it means. If you have the fear of the Lord, you will not die before your time. You will finish your purpose. You know, there's a word in uh, in in Deuteronomy says, "You shall live long in the land your God, the land the Lord thy God." If you read in the Telugu Bible, "Dear Gaishman." You know what? The blessing in Deuteronomy chapter Deuteronomy verses chapter one to thirty four is, "Dear Gaishman, bhava." what? Learn to fear. 
See, honor your father and mother. So that may you may live long in the land. I like what pastor said yesterday to all the children. Look directly into their eyes. Obey your father and mother and honor them. I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Honor. You will not die before your time. Years of the wicked shall be cut off. Proverbs chapter 14. The fear of the Lord is what? Strong confidence. What is the opposite of confidence? Insecurity. You know how many people are insecure? Even in the ministry? Oh, somebody is used a little more better than you. What is going to happen to my position? Why? That's exactly like Saul, no? Why was Saul insecure? Because the Spirit of the Lord left him. That's all. Simple. And why did the Spirit of the Lord leave Saul? Because the Spirit of the Lord will only stay in a place where you fear Him. Where you delight in the fear of the Lord. Where you honor Him. So so many people are insecure. You know why? Because they do not have the fear of the Lord. You have to have strong confidence, my dear brothers and sisters. You should have the confidence and the assurance that the Lord is with you. And when is the Lord with you? When you fear Him. When you fear Him. Proverbs chapter 19. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. You know what? It's like, you know, when, when we do mathematics, I like the word tend. Limit tending to infinity. You know, you read that, right? Remember? Tends. Tendeth to life. It extends towards life. And he that has it shall abide. What? Satisfied. If you are content, not spiritually, I'm not talking about spiritually. If you are content in the position that the Lord has, got, Lord, Lord has given you, it means you have the fear of the Lord. Because there is contentment. Godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Content. If you're discontented, it's because you do not have the fear of the Lord. You want to grab and grab and grab. You're covetous, you're envious, you're, you're, you have jealousy inside of you. You know what the Bible says? Jealousy is a rottenness to the bones. In Telugu, it's very interesting. Rottenness. And what does the word of God do? Divides the soul and the spirit. The joint and the marrow. See how much of jealousy is there in your bones. If you are discontented that you don't have the fear of the Lord, what happens to you? You shall be visited with what? With, will not be visited with what? With what? Evil. Proverbs chapter 22, another one. By humility and the fear of the Lord are what? Riches, honor, and life. How many of you want to be rich? Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, don't say I don't want to be rich. No, I want to be rich. But I want to have richness with the, with humility and the fear of the Lord. Because I have the character to handle the riches. Why was Abraham the richest man? You know why? Because he had the humility and the fear of the Lord. Why was Job the richest man in all of the East? Because he had humility and the fear of the Lord. And the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job who fears the Lord? And he fears the Lord so much that he says, you know what, after the days of feasting are over, perhaps my sons blasphemed God and might have sinned against God. Where? In their hearts. So Job did continually. Fear of the Lord. You want revelation? You want revelation? 
Look at what it says. The pathway to revelation is not going to a Bible college, my dear brothers and sisters. It is the fear of the Lord. Let me show you. Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, you lift up your voice for understanding what happens. If you seek her as silver, search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and therefore find the true knowledge of God. What do you have? You have revelation. Revelation. You see, you want to go to, go, get into IIT, you have to write entrance exam called IIT JE, joint entrance exam. Based on your performance in the IIT JE exam, they will give you a seat. First you have means and then you have advanced. Same with NEET, uh, medical entrance. Same with IAS. But in JE exam and uh, NEET exam, there is not, there is nothing called as character test. No. Okay. You get a good rank. You are given a seat. So, IITs chooses their students based on their performance on the JE exam. How does God choose his students? How many of you want to become students of God? Come on, you don't want to become students of God? Come on, I want to be in God's school. Show me, tell me, everybody entrance into God's school. Okay, no? So many of you, so many of you want to desire, see, everybody desires to get into IIT, but how, will everybody get it? No, 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 no. How does God choose his students? You want to know how God chooses his students, whether they have to join his school or not? Psalms, Psalms 25. This is what it says. What man is he that fears the Lord? What man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach the way. Him shall he teach the way. You will be given entrance into his school if you have the fear of God. It's based upon character and not performance or intellect. I love what pastor said. Hmm. We don't have Jewish genes. I love that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because I'm telling you, you know, I had two professors, Jewish. One is Hannah Mikalska, Kemeli Allen Rabat. Wow. Brilliance personified. You look at them, you'll say, Baba, what is this? They, they write equations in the air. Like, I mean, just honesty. You wouldn't believe it, okay? I was, when I was doing the research in my lab, there was a research paper from Technion, that is Israeli Institute of Technology. It's called, there was a guy called Zvi Schiller. Zvi Schiller. was a Jewish guy. He wrote one equation, just like that. One equation like that and he left it. It took me like one week to actually crack it and my entire board was equation, equation, equation. He wrote it one like that. I said, what is this guy? One equation, one simple equation like just like that. From nowhere. I have a um, scientist from DRDO who is to work as a research student in our lab from the Center for Artificial Intelligence and Research. Sartaj Singh, he was like the, the builder of robots in India. He's like the, he's like the best robotist, roboticist engineer in India, hands down, no competition for him. Okay. He used to come, he came to our lab and he said he went to on a, on a, a scientist, research scientist exchange program to, UA, to Israel. And he said, Vijay, what we are when compared to the Jews, not even thumbnail we are. We have all white elephants in our armory. Have you seen their dome? The dome that they, the iron dome? 
system. These fellows were flying rockets indiscriminately from from Gaza Strip, from Hamas, and some rockets. This technology will see. Ah, this is useless. We don't want to touch it. That might come and hit us. Let us intercept it. They choose rockets. They choose rockets at will. That is the brilliance. You know why? Because once upon a time they were students of God. After that, their brilliance like Solomon became their idol. You want to become the student of God? Have the word of God? The fear of the Lord. And what happens to him? His soul shall dwell at ease. It doesn't stop there. Look at what it says in the next verse. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear. He will have a revelation. The secret things it says, the Bible says, belongs to the Lord. You know what he says? But if you are in his school, he will reveal it to you. My brothers and sisters, you don't have the fear of God. It's Ichabod for you. It's Ichabod. And the natural man, the unconverted man, the Adam, the Adamic man has no capacity to, the, to fear the Lord. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 3. Verse 18, there is no fear of God before his eyes. Only the converted man. So this morning, how much do you fear him? Do you ask, Lord, I want to fear you, Lord. I want to fear you. Give me the gift of the fear of the Lord. Let me reverence you. Let me honor you. Let me be in awe of you. And let me give you a description of one man gave a beautiful description. It's like go, go, going to Grand Canyon, okay? And you see the sight of Grand Canyon. You're like, my God, this is breathtaking beauty. Okay? And you want to take pictures right now, right? So you go to the edge of the cliff. The moment you see down the cliff, you know what will happen? Butterflies in your belly. As much as it is attractive, the very moment you know if you cross these boundaries, you are history. That is the reason why it says, rejoice with trembling. How? (laughs) I like that. Rejoice with trembling. Ask the Lord, Father, I want to fear you. Jesus First is the what? Test of Adam. Test of walk. Test of fear. The fourth one. Test of discipline. Obviously, you know, if you have to have this character, what should you have? We should have discipline. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, every commandment was one onwards. Every commandment I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. So what if you want to live and multiply? In other words, if you want to increase in your life, you want to have prosperity in your life, you want to have success in your life, spiritual life, whatever life, I mean, whatever you're expecting, which, which, which God has ordained for you, Go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore you. What should you do? Be careful. Careful to observe every command. And then what happens? You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. And then what? And read this everybody. See that? Test you. To know what was in your heart. Whether you will keep his commandments or not. So what did he do? To test you. What did he do? Next verse. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then, your garments did not wear. 
Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord chastened you. What is it? It's a test of chastening, the test of discipline or the test of discipleship. That is the reason why in a church, in a church, if there is no discipline coming from the pulpit to you or even personally, you should ask this question, am I even a son? Am I even a son? The authentic mark of sonship, you are indeed a son. Only when, if I know that you're going through what we call as a process of discipline, the test of discipline or the test of chastening. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. If you endure chastening, verse 7, God deals with you as with sons. What should you endure? Endure chastening. Endure chastening. Let me tell you something. That's the reason why the Bible says in first, first Timothy chapter 4, the time will come when people will not endure sound teaching. They cannot endure discipline. The Bible says in Psalm 141, let the righteous smite me. It shall be like the anointing of oil on my head. You know why there's no anointing in the church of God? There's no power in the church of God. Why there's no the power of the Holy Spirit in the church of God? Because there's no striking of the righteous. By the righteous. Look at what it says. Notice this. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So the chastening is given to whom? He's given to whom? Father. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are what? The KJV uses a more strong word. No, 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 no. B triple star, four stars. We don't have the authority to say the apostle Paul can say it, but not we, okay? You are what? Illegitimate. And what? Sons. Think about it, no? If I don't chase an Abigail, and Emmanuel and my children, what does it mean? I don't love them. If you love your son, you will chasten him. Because foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child and the rod of discipline will drive it far away from him. Blows and wounds cleanse the inner parts, it says in Proverbs. You know why? In the inner parts, God wants to know truth and wisdom. Inner parts. Do you endure chastening? The test of chastening. Have you been chastened? Hmm. You know something? Let me tell you something. The men who have been mightily used by God have been people who have been mightily chastened by God. Directly proportional. They've been humbled. They've been crushed in the wilderness. Not to destroy them. The Lord had what is it? Chastened me soul, but he has not given my soul over to death. It says, the psalmist says. It's chastening. Furthermore, we have human fathers who corrected us. Look at the father, look at the father, father, father. I want to, I want to show you something powerful today, okay? Just, just, just remarkable. Just keep this, this, this concept of father in your mind. Let me tell you all, all, all males, males, men, raise your hands this morning. Raise your hands, all the men. Come on. Boxer, you're a man, okay? Alright, raise your hands. Listen to this carefully, okay? We'll come to that. Just listen carefully, listen carefully, listen carefully. 
Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of the spirits and live? For they indeed, indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be made partakers of his holiness. Okay. Now, no chastening seems joyful. Nevertheless, afterward it is what? The peaceable fruit of righteousness. I love that. Why? Because you came under the discipline of a who? Of a father. Let me tell you something. You know what Satan fears the most? This is the truth that I learned this week. It has been ringing in my ears. What Satan fears the most? Today's Mother's Day. <laughs> but my appeal is to the fathers and also to the mothers in, indirectly. Look at the principle. What is a father supposed to do? He has to rule his home. That's what it says. I have chosen Abraham. Can I hide this from Abraham? Can I hide what I'm doing from Abraham? Knowing that Abraham will become a mighty nation. That he will command his children after me. To keep the statutes and judgments of the Lord. Can I hide this from Abraham? And when God chose the first man. The father of faith. He was a father. Father of many nations. Why? Why father? Why father? Why father? The principle. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Look at this. Verse 4 onwards. It's tail, the dragon, okay? Serpent himself or Satan. Swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. Look at the gender over here. She gave birth to a who? A son, a male child who will... You know what Satan is against? A male child who will rule demonically against men who will rule with love, with authority. So what does he do? He tries his level best to compromise men. Because then they cannot wield their authority. Compromise men. Samson, parents, Samson's parents were given a very, very important, important assignment. Samson is going to be the, the, be the deliverer for Israel. The deliverer for Israel is based upon a male child who's going to be birthed, a Nazarene. What is he supposed to be? A male child who will rule. Teach him. Let not a razor come to his head. Let not him touch anything which is dead. Let not him drink strong drink. Let him not be compromised with pleasure. What happens? A male child is born. He's compromised. Compromised. Directly. The, the spirit of witchcraft is directly opposed to male who rule. What has happened? In the last three decades, men have been compromised by pornography, by lust, by entertainment, by drugs, by sex, by women. Everywhere. And what has happened? They lost their power. They lost their authority. The spirit of Jezebel is directly opposed to the male child who rules. You know why we are not able to rule our homes with authority? Because we've been compromised, my dear brothers. 
We have sown our seeds in the wrong places. And we are reaping a harvest now. So I'm telling men, become Daniels in these last generations. Say, Lord, I will not be compromised. Grant me the grace, O Lord, so that I'll be able to rule my home with authority, with love, with conviction. So that, you know what? Your children see you. They should say, I want to be my, like, like my dad. <laughs> they should say, you know what? If I ever marry somebody, it should be my, I should marry somebody who's like my father. Because you have that figure in your home. You're not perfect. No, no, I'm not talking about perfect people. I'm not talking about perfection. No, 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 no. You know what it says? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a principle of fatherhood. There's a principle of headship and there's a principle of fellowship. And where there is head, fatherhood, headship and fellowship, there is a revelation. Otherwise, there's no revelation. In the Trinity, there is fatherhood. There's headship. The head of Christ is who? The head of Christ is who? God. Make sure, my dear brothers, especially, that Christ is your head. And if Christ is your head, you know what it says? The Bible says, you don't beat up your wife. It says, you love your wife as Christ loved the church, loved the church, and he gave himself for her so that he might sanctify her and cleanse her by the washing of water, by the word of God, so that he might present her to himself. What? Virgin, chaste, without spot or wrinkle, and gloriously apparel, the Bible says. Test of Discipline. Can your children take your test? And say, you know what? Dad, thank you. One day will thank you, maybe. They will, they will, for sure, for sure. You know, sometimes, some of the things that my parents, when they discipline, I really want to thank for certain things that, 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 that they have done for me in my life. Honestly. Some of the things that they have done for me, the, the disciplines that they have, that they have, that they have subjected me to, <laughs> which I didn't like. Thank God for that. In these days, we are living in those times. You know what is happening? They're literally destroying the patriarchy. Destroying it. Alright. Test of chastening. The fifth test. Test of what? Relationships. Now when I'm talking about relationships, okay, everybody is, will be very, very... Uh, uh, interested, but let us see what, what, what are we talking about over here. Deuteronomy chapter 33. Look at what it says. Deuteronomy chapter 33. <clears throat> and of Levi. You know what the word Levi means? Hmm? Nobody know what the Levi, when, when Rachel begot Levi, so Leah begot Levi, what did she say? Yeah, 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 join. Now my husband will be joined. That's what Levi means. The one who's joined. To whom? To whom? Look at what it says. And of Levi he said, Let your Thummim and your Urim be your be with your holy one. Whom you? I love that. Ha. He did just not become joined to the Lord without a test. Whom you? Tested. At where? At Masa. And with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah, who says to his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor 
did he acknowledge his brothers or know his own children for they have observed your word and kept your covenant remember what happened when moses went on top of the mountain the entire council the the, the camp of israel was compromised and then moses comes down he breaks the law and he says whoever is on the lord's side come and who comes out we know what they were saying we are joined to Yahweh and to the servants of God who represents Yahweh. Understand that. Not just Yahweh. And to the servants of God who have represented Yahweh. So what did they do? Strap your sword. Go into the camp. Prove to me that you are joined to me. So what are you supposed to do? Kill. Even if it is your own son. Don't spare. You see, even the... Remember the sons of Korah? Korah is a Levite, right? Sons of Korah, the father was compromised. You know what he said? I am joined to the Lord, he said. Even if my father is compromised. In other words... Any fleshly relationship which will compromise my fellowship with the Lord. You know what I'm going to do? I am willing to sever it because it's going to compromise my love towards God. You know why? Evil company corrupts good manners. Otherwise you'll be deceived. They shall teach Jacob your judgments. And Israel, your law. Look at what it says in Luke's Luke's Gospel chapter 14. Now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not, what? What, 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 what? Hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, his own life. Don't become Umar Ghalib, sorry, Mirza Ghalib and erase this. No? You can't love your father and mother more than God. Impossible. You can't do it. If they are coming in the way, in fact, the way you will actually love them is when you love the Lord. When you stand up for God. Matthew chapter 12. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look your mother. Your brothers are standing outside Seeking to speak to you. I love that. Who's my mother now? But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, My brother, my brothers, this is my family. The people who are joined to me and who are joined to the Lord. I don't have any other family. And you know what he says? I am not ashamed to call them my brothers. I'm not ashamed. To call them my brothers. Fifth test. The test of relationships. Sixth test. The test of resilience. Okay. We have the capacity to fight. I mean, I'm just giving you an overall picture. You can just go and do a meditation on this. Okay. I'm just giving you a bird's eye view. Okay. Bird's eye view of the tests that God puts us through. Judges chapter 3. Now these are the nations that the Lord left. Okay. That he might, what is that? Test Israel by then. 
that that is all that he had not known any of the wars of what Canaan. This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know what war. So don't let me tell you something. Christian life is not so easy walk. No, 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 no. There are spiritual disciplines that you have to embrace in your life if you really want to enjoy Christian life. Spiritual disciplines. It's war. You know what is one of the most important disciplines that you have to practice when you are young? First sleeping. Next to fasting. Minimum 8 hours. Finished, one third over. 24 hours, one third gone. One third life is over. Every day one third life is over and sleeping only. And you know, remember John Wesley? When he was, what, in his late 80s, I think, I don't know how, how old he was, in his latter years, if he would sleep for more than four hours, he would get up and weep and say, Lord, I've been compromised, Lord. Sorry. No wonder they wrote hymns like, they knew the Lord like crazy. Sleep. Nidravastha. In Telugu. It is an avastha only. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands. All the young people are looking at me like that. Okay, I know. Holidays, uncle, please leave us alone. Knock on your children's door twice. See, this is this this what we say. What comfortable Christian life is not there here on this side. No, no, no. It's suffering only. If you suffer with him, only then you will reign. How many of you think that you can crack the IAS exam by sleeping? Now think about it. No, you cannot crack an IAS civil services exam by with sleeping. You think you can crack the God civil service exam by sleeping? Next is eating. So what did they do? They were left to test them. Whether they will become soft and delicate. You know what the Bible says? Because they were soft and delicate, even their delicate mothers and the soft sisters will eat their babies because they have not been taught war. It says in Deuteronomy. Judges chapter 3. Namely the five lords of Philistines. All the Canaanites. And they were left that they might test Israel. You see that? Test. Whether they would keep the commandments. Whether you will be resilient in the, in the, in the face of opposition and temptation and trial. Look at what it says in First Peter chapter 4. One of our favorite verses we often quote. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. You see that? It's the same pattern of thinking. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And you have not resisted unto shedding of blood in your fight against sin, the Bible says. 
First Peter chapter 2. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. Which what? War against the soul. Remember the call of Abraham yesterday? God called Abraham alone. How did he say? Get out of your first. Ah, get out of your land. Get out of your kindred. Get out of your father's house. Three things. Get out of your land. Get out of your kindred. And get out of your father's house. And go to the land which I am going to show you. What land is that? Promised land. What are you supposed to do in the promised land? Walk but also fight to possess it. Fight to possess it. In your father's house. That's what happens, no? All the sisters who come from pampered homes and suddenly get into the marriage and you should touch their hands. It's very soft. After a while, after several years, now you touch their hands. Rough. You know why? They've learnt. Remember how God chose Rebecca? How Eliezer chose Rebecca? She should not just give me water. She should give me water and also feed my camels. Tough, hard, not soft. Genesis 14. Now Abraham heard, verse 14 onwards, heard that his brother was taken into captive. What did he do? He armed what? 318 trained servants who were born in a nose in his own house. What were he, how, what, how, how was he? How was he training them? Because they were in the promised land. And what do you do in the promised land? You possess it. By how? Training for war? You're ready? For battle? He divided his forces. And then what did he do? So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother who? Lot. And what was Lot doing? He gathered a lot and he was at ease. Very much at ease. But what do you do in Sodom? Any war in Sodom? No. Ezekiel chapter 16. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness. In the Telugu, it's very interesting. Nirvichara minus sukhasthiti. Oh, full enjoy. Are you trained for war? Is there fasting? No. Is there prayer? No. Is there reading of the word of God? No. Is there going to the mission field? No. Is there a tough walk of life? No. You're not trained. That's what I'm saying, no? Last time I was telling you. You're not prepared. You're not prepared. See, test of resilience. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw it fit. See that? Battle. Hardened soldiers happen in the promised land. And that's what Abraham was moving in his tents, protecting what he got with a trained army. And they feared him. 318 trained soldiers. Test of resilience. Last one. Test of Supervision. I like that. <laughs> test of supervision. Seven tests. Final test. <laughs> okay. Second Chronicles chapter 33 and verse 31 onwards. This is about Hezekiah. 
When the emissaries from Babylon come, remember? The emissaries from Babylon come, this is after he was healed and he weeps to the Lord and he says, Oh Lord, I've, I've walked with my integrity of heart and I served you and God adds how many years? 15 more years. And now he's healed. The emissaries from, Abraham, uh, from Babylon have come. Look at what the Bible says. How be it in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land. Look at this. Everybody read it. Everybody read this, okay? God left him to, I like that. (laughs) God left him to test him. That's exactly what happens. Children are in the home. Sometimes the parents will say, we are going out. So we are leaving you to, to test you. I remember, no? Those days my my parents used to go to Methodist church for Good Friday service, three hours, okay? It is, uh, they have seven words from the cross. It's a long service. And uh, during that time, we used to have exams also. Final exams. So my mother says, I am going to church. Stay at home and study. Don't put TV. I am leaving you alone to test. Okay. Okay, mommy. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So she does a lot of things, no? She takes away the wire, she plugs off the, the cable connection. She does all kinds of drama, no? What am I? I'm like Vijay Dakota, no? So, so, <laughs> so then 10 meters she has gone into the main road. To the balcony. To the paraffin wall. To the cable, table connection. Within 15 minutes I connected to the te- television. For three hours. HBO, home box office. You see, do you have the character of God? If God leaves you to test you, what are your convictions, my dear brothers? Do you see Uriah? I mean, every time I have to come back to Uriah, you know. The Ark of the Covenant. My Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are in tents. How can I go to my home, sleep with my wife and eat and drink? As the Lord of God Israel lives and as your soul lives, I will not do such a thing. Who is this guy? Uriah the Hittite. Circumcised or uncircumcised? Answer? You know, that's, a, that's the reason the Bible says, if the uncircumcised man keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be called as circumcision? And will he not judge you, O David? Who said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dare defies the armies of the living God? Did you not say that? Do you have the convictions? The Lord left him to test him. That is the reason why go to the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> Who did not, ha- he does not have any overseer, ruler or lord. What do they do? They gather. They gather. Look at what it says in Daniel, the book of Daniel. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself. When? When he is far away from his home. Strong convictions. Strong convictions. No supervision. Nobody to watch over him. But God. 
nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And look at what it says. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please what? Please what? Test, test. Test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables and water to drink. Kya baat hai? How many of you could survive vegetables and water? Oh, for you it is a fast. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Daniel fast. <laughs> Don't become like Solomon. The entire wildlife sanctuary was on his table. Rubux and ducks and deer and 600 cattle per day. Per day. Unbelievable. Please test your servants for 10 days. And look at what it says. So he consented them in this matter. And what did he do? He tested them. And what happens after the test? What happens after the test? And at the end of 10 days. Wow, I love that. Their features appeared better and fatter in the flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. That is the reason why it says, when you are invited to a king's table, what should you do? Put a knife on your throat if you are man given to gluttony. For it is what? What meat? It is deceitful meat. Eat and drink, he says. But as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Thus the steward took away the portion for the, of delicacies and the wine that they were that they were supposed to drink and gave them vegetables. And what happens? As far as these four young men, I told you, no, you honor God, and what will God go? God gave them knowledge. How many of you want knowledge? Everybody say God. God gave them skill. How many of you want skill? God. Skill in all literature. No background in literature. How many of you want skill in literature? Because literature is life. Okay. God gave them wisdom. And because Daniel took a stand, God gave them a little, God gave him a little more. He's just and fair. Because he took the stand first. So what did God do? And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. All given by God. Because he was destined. Look at what it says. Next. Now at the end of the days, I like that. You know what? After the end of the days, we are going to also be tested. And after these seven tests that God is going to put us through, one day at the end of the day, end of the days, we are going to stand before our eternal king. What is going to happen? When the king had said that they should be brought in, the, brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before the Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king, what did he do? He interviewed them. I like that. The word for interview means I'm going to see how much of the Lord. I'm going to see if Christ is literally being formed in you or not. The Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can I see Christ in Vijay? After the end of this. And he looks at him. What he says? All. Among them all. None was found like Daniel. Hananiah. Michelle and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king at the end of the days. Seven tests. Seven tests. That's the reason the Bible says, my dear brothers and sisters, as you have obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, what? What should you do? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For God is he who works in you to do, to both to will and to obey. And in all matters of understanding. And about all and about the king examined them. He found them what? 
ten times better than all the PhDs and the H2S of course. Okay. And the double doctorates and the postdocs and the and the seminary students, etc. <laughs> yeah, who knows? And the masters, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of Darius. Seven tests. That is the reason why the final verse for today. Test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourself. Or do you not recognize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you unless and indeed you have what? You have failed the test. But I expect that you will realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. Will you pass the test this morning? Let's review. The test, whether it's going to be Adam or Christ. Test whether you will walk with the Lord in accordance to his word and change even as the Lord shows you in the mirror of his word. Prove to him that you fear him, that you will endure chastening and discipline. Like even Jesus, that he endured through the things that he suffered, he learned obedience. Like Joseph, who was tested, the word of the Lord tested him, it says, until he was promoted. That you will love the Lord more than you love anybody else. And that you will be resilient in your battle against sin. And you will obey God. Even though there is no supervision. You know why? Because now it has become a part of your character. Whether people see or not see, you serve Christ. And at the end of the days, you know what God is going to look at? He's going to look at, hopefully, all of us from GDC Hyderabad. Why should we not hope for it? Hope that for us, right? All of us in GDC Hyderabad will be found how many times better? Ten times better. Shall we all stand this morning? Shall we all stand? Shall we all stand and say, Lord, you see, fifth month is the month of grace. There are tests. But you know what God says? I have many things to say to you, but you cannot Bear them. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, Jesus also could only take students thus far. Okay. But he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, what is he going to do? He is going to lead you to all truth and he is going to be with you and he will go, he will be in you. The power of the Holy Spirit. He is a spirit of grace. He is a spirit of truth who is going to empower us to pass every test because the Bible says we are more than what? Conquerors in Christ Jesus. So this morning, shall we surrender afresh to the Lord this morning and say, Lord, Lord, let's pray. Father, we are your children, Lord. And your word says, O oh Lord, you are a father who have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future and a desired end. And therefore, every test that you allow into your children's life, you want them to pass it. And even if they fail, O oh Lord, you do not condemn them because we are your children. We do not cease to be your children because we fail a test. It only shows us, O oh Lord, that we should be resilient. Like we heard yesterday, we read yesterday in the, in the, in the study, O oh Lord, that you should not give up. A righteous man may fall seven times, but he will still get up. And he will one day overcome. 
And this morning, this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch each and every one of us with a special grace, O oh Lord. Special grace. Let each one of us know that you are our father. Let them experience you as a father. A father who pities his children. A father who wants his children to succeed and to prosper and to finish the course that you have appointed for them. Because your word says that you are not only the author of our faith, but you are also the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. And you said, O oh Lord Jesus, that you are able to save us to the uttermost, to those who come to by faith through Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch us this morning with a special grace, O oh Lord. That we will be resilient. That we will not give up. Even if we fall a million times, we will come back to you, O oh Lord. We will not give up. We will not give up. And we will say, Lord, we have nowhere else to go. Where can we go? Like Peter, we will say, where can we go, Lord? You and you alone have the words of eternal life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would best, that you would bless us with that kind of a resilience, O oh Lord. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. That you would anoint us afresh this morning, O oh Lord. Touch us. Touch us, O oh Lord. Touch us. Touch us this morning. Visit us this morning. Touch us, O oh Lord. Father, empower us and strengthen us in our resolve to follow hard after you. Not to give up on our race, O oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. I commit each and every one of our children into your hands, O oh Lord, Father. Lord, that you would, Lord, direct our hearts to the love of God and to the patience of Christ. To the love of God and to the patience of Christ, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. And all God's children said, Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic time of fellowship with one another.